Listen, there's no more powerful name, no more special name than that name of Jesus. And that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. That song fits perfectly and is exactly what we need to hear before we hear a message like you're going to hear today. So if you would, uh, take your Bibles or pull out your phone and go to Acts chapter 3. And uh, we'll be there and in Acts chapter 4. Now, you might be thinking, man, is he going to cover two chapters today? Well, really, it's a story. And that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to be telling the story. And I'm going to let you see three powerful things that come out of this story about the name of Jesus. And this is, this is a message I've never spoken at Gratis. I've done this message at a few other churches in my past, but never here at Gratis. And so the Lord said, let's bring this word today because it's here for you and I'm excited about what God's going to do through this word. This last Sunday I spoke to you about how God healed a woman that had an issue for 12 years and and along that same journey he healed a he actually raised from the dead a 12-year-old girl. Well, we're going to look at a story of a man today that had been lame for 40 years. Over 40 years this man had never walked. And I know, you know, recently I just went through my deal and, and I'm just getting back to that stage of walking. You know, people are asking me, you ready to run a race? And I'm like, heck no, I can't run a race yet. I'm just trying to get back to walking well. Well, we're going to look at this story and see what happened to this certain, this lame man. We never will even know his name. The Bible doesn't tell us what his name was, but it does tell us about his story. And so if you pick up in uh, Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were going up to the temple. Uh, it was the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And this was about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And they were going up there to pray, and that was the custom uh, of that time. And as they were going up, there was a man who was, in verse 2 it says, a man who had been lame from his mother's womb. So that pretty much all his life, y'all. He, In other words, while he was still in his mom, he was lame. Wow. And notice that. He was lame from his mother's womb. Notice this. He was being carried along. Someone had to take care of him to take him to the temple to be there. And he was set down every day at a gate of the temple called Beautiful. Now this was uh, strategic because in this location, the temple had nine different gates where you could come in at that. And so what was important was if you were a person that were a beggar, you, want, you wanted to be in one of the good spots. Well, he was at one of the best spots that he could be at to be doing what he was doing. And so there, this was his custom. Can you imagine a life like that? Every day you had to wait for somebody to come get you to carry you over to the gate called Beautiful. And there you would ask people, for money. Wow. That was your daily life. You had to go and beg. Wow. Well, that's what this man had been doing for many years. But on this day, something happened. On this day, there was a couple of guys by the name of Peter and John. And Peter and John were coming up at that hour to pray. And the Bible says that Peter looked over and saw him. He saw him. Remember last week? No interruptions in your week. Everyone's there and been placed for a reason. Well, Peter saw him. And Peter saw the need. And Peter walked over him. And this, 
this uh, lame man all of his life, he looked up at Peter and John, and the Bible says he was expecting to receive something from them. And I love this part. And it was true. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give to you. Wow. In other words, I don't have any money in my pockets. I don't have any money to give you. But what I'm about to give you is going to be something that will mean more. But what I do have, and what did Peter and John have? They had Jesus. Have you ever heard that song, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold? I'd rather have him than have riches untold? I know that might date me a little bit, but it's out there. You know, you could look it up. But it's there. But he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give. And then the Bible says, Peter reached down, grabbed the man by the arm and the wrist, and he pulled him up. And then the Bible says, immediately... Immediately, his ankles and his feet were straightened. And in that moment, of over 40 years of this man's life, for the first time, this man stood. And for the first time, this man walked. And for the first time, this man began to leap. Now, you, do you see the contrast here? The contrast was he was carried he was sat down and he was begging. But look at what's going on in his life right now. Immediately after this man is healed, and this is my first point, Jesus, the name that heals. It's the name that heals. And what has happened to him? He was healed, so immediately he began walking and leaping and praising God. Now, at this point in previous sermons, I would start leaping, okay? I can't do that today. Because of this need. I'm not quite ready to do some leaping in the room. But I might be there a few months from now. But this man immediately began to do it. Now, the Spirit reminded me of this. And I'd never seen it until this week. This man, where did he go? Where was the first place he went to? Once he was healed. He went inside. He went inside. <laughs> into the house of God, into the temple. It was the hour of prayer, but he went in there, and what was he doing in there? Did he just go in, sit down, get in his chair, and say, all right, it's the hour of prayer, I'm going to start praying. No, what was he doing in there? You see it in the Bible? He was walking. He was leaping. He was praising God in the temple. That's what he was doing. Now, let me ask you, would you be doing that too? If you had just been healed of a 40-year sickness in your life, well, that's what he did. And boy, everybody recognized him. And they were like, look what has happened in his life. And they recognized, it says in the story, that he was the one who used to sit at the gate. No longer did he go back and sit down at the gate anymore because this man now was healed. His life was changed. I'm speaking to somebody right now in this room that needs a healing from God. You need a healing. I don't know what you're going through, but God knows what you're going through, and God knows exactly what you need that healing in. As I've told people in my journey of this knee replacement, I've said don't pray for a quick healing, 
pray for a complete healing. Because there's nothing fast about knee replacement. I'm going to tell you that. There is one speed. It's slow and it's uphill. All right? So if you ever get one, I'm just letting you know. There's one speed, slow and uphill. But this man didn't have to go through 40 sessions of physical therapy. This man was healed immediately. And therefore, he's a jumping up and down in church. Now, you know, we get to come to the house of the Lord. I, you know, there's a verse in the Psalms that says this. I was glad when they said to me, let's do what? Let's go to the house of the Lord. Did you walk into this place today going, man, I am so glad to be here. Man, I am so excited to be here. Well, this man was. This man's life had been touched and healed by the name of Jesus. Because Peter reached down and said, it's in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Stand up, rise up, and what? Walk in his name is what Peter did. So, man, can you imagine what church and that prayer meeting must have been like at that point? Well, that time gets over and Peter and John and the man, the man, the Bible says he was clinging to him. <laughs> and I can't blame him. Man, just... Helped me walk for the first time. I'd have been hanging around him too. And then it says he went out into uh, Solomon's portico. And so they went back out of the temple and they're out in the yard. And everybody comes up and starts to see what's going on. And Peter, he looks at the crowd and he said, Hey guys, why are y'all looking at me and John as if it was by our power that we did something like this? And then he went to preach a message to him. And he said, The very Jesus whom you crucified. The very one that you asked for a murder to be released instead of him. He called him the prince of life is what he said in this story. It's all there in the text for you. He called him the holy one, the righteous one, verses 14 and 15. But notice what he says in verse 16 of this story. He says, and it's on the basis of faith in his name. It is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know, and the faith which comes through him, Jesus, has given him this perfect help in the presence of all of you. So Peter didn't take credit for it. Peter and John were not about to take credit for it, and they gave the praise where it was due, the name of Jesus. Healing came that day to a man of over 40 years who had been lame. From his mother's womb. Wow. Jesus, the name that heals. And listen, there's two more things to this story you're going to hear. You want to hear it? You with me? You want to go on the rest of the story? Well, pick up with me. Peter and them, they, they do some more stuff. And Peter preaches a message in Acts chapter 4. And 5,000 people get saved. And man, God is working. But listen to the rest of the story. It picks up in Acts chapter 4 verse 5. It says, on the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. And Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly descent. And when they had placed them in the center, Peter and John, they began to inquire them, to question them. Notice what they asked them. Verse 7, by what power or in what name have you done this? Hmm. They're asking for the name. Then Peter, I love this, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Well, you rulers and elders of the people, if we're on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, 
as to how this man has been made well. Verse 10, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name this man stands here before you in good health. And then he, he's a preaching to them now, y'all. And then he goes on to say this. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders. See, the Israelites, these Jewish leaders, they understood the rock referred to God. And the stone was Jesus. He was, in fact, the cornerstone of the church. Later is mentioned in the book of Corinthians. And he says this. He was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. The chief cornerstone. That's important. We're getting ready to build, hopefully, in the future. And the, one of the most important parts of the building is the cornerstone. In these, these old home places that were built on rocks, you know where it started? It started with a cornerstone. It's where it started, and then they went from there. And so when anything's going to be built, and if it's going to be God's building and God's church, it's going to be built on the cornerstone, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the chief one. And notice, this is it. This is the second point of today's message, verse 12. And he says this, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. So Jesus is not only the name that heals, y'all. Jesus is the name that saves. And Peter was pointing it out in this message. He is the only name that saves. You know, there are those that say there are many ways to get to heaven. There's many ways to get to heaven. But we sung about it a while ago. It says, you brought heaven down. When you came, Jesus, you're the one that brought heaven down. And listen, I'm going to tell you. The Bible says it clearly in John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. And it doesn't matter what world religions say. Jesus is the only name, the one and the only name that can save you. And if your grandma can't save you, your grandpa can't save you. Your good works can't save you. You're going to church. You're giving your monies. None of that can save you. It is a crying out to the name of Jesus and asking him to come into your heart and life and change you and make you a new person. That's what we all need. It's the name of Jesus. And boy, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, he let them know. This very Jesus whom you crucified, he's the one. This very Jesus, whom, the one whom you rejected, he's the one. And listen, I'm speaking to someone in this room that might be thinking that I'm trying to get good enough or I'm going to try to do this in order for God to accept me. And listen. There's only one name, and there's only one way. And he's saying to you, come to me. Come to me. It's the name of Jesus. You with me? There's only one way. There's only one name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. Wow. You think that name's important? I believe it's important. It's the name that heals. It's the name that saves. And not only that, it's the final one I'm going to give you is here. 
The story continues because uh, these religious people, they realize uh, we can't deny the miracle that's happened to this man. And so notice what they said about uh, Peter and John. It says in verse 13, now, we, now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, it wasn't the confidence, it was the Holy Spirit. And they under, 